Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Fun. That's fun. Enter it now. Listen, and you'll know. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. You know, I really don't know what else to call him other than what I think, uh, I've heard people say this before, they're a bunch of spoiled brats. I mean, I've said it, okay? Because that's what I think of these students, these transgender or supporter of transgender students at colleges and universities around the country who are not only shouting down speakers who come and may share a different point of view to them, but are now taking violent acts against them and having to be escorted and put in a safe room until everybody calms down so the individual can leave the college campus safely. They are nothing, the, the, the people involved in this, and I don't mind if you protest, if you, if you stage an event, but not to allow someone to share their opinion and then to violently attack them, forcing security to come up and give them protection, you, in fact, are a bunch of spoiled brats. That's my honest opinion on it, folks. I'm just telling you what I think today on this Thank Rod is Friday. How are you, everybody? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show on this Friday. Like I said, the seventh day of April. Good Friday uh, as we head into the Easter weekend. But there is so much to go over today as far as this transgender movement that at one time, I think, was was seeking dignity and respect, very similar to what the gay community went through and had gone through over the course of many, many years. But instead of dignity and respect, you now have people who are drowning out speakers who are trying to share their views on a college campus, who are being escorted by police because their lives are being threatened, and you have one, maybe two, transgender activists who've decided to take into their own hands the lives of young children and to kill them, to send a message. I mean, this is what's going on in this country. And you look at this and you say, when are we going to put our foot down? When are we going to stand up to this? And what are we going to do about it? Because I think enough is enough anymore. And unfortunately, there'll be other incidents but we really do need to stand up. And I don't, you know, I, I, I'll share with you my solution to what I think should be taking place on college campuses here in a minute. But I think the American people are looking this. Those of you out there who are supporting the transgender movement, maybe you should have a communique within your own community and say, what we see, what we see happening around the country is not good for the movement. And it really isn't. 
How are you, everybody? Like I said, welcome to the Rod Arquette Show on this Thank Rod It's Friday. We hope to hear from you today, as we do each and every day. We enjoy you being part of our daily conversation. 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. Now, speaking of that, the Biden administration late yesterday unveiled new additions or expansions or changes to the Title IX policy to include how to deal with males who think they're girls who want to compete in girls' sports. It's confusing, to say the least, and we'll talk with uh, State Representative Kira Berkland about that. We'll also talk about um, nothing. there's nothing affirming, in my opinion, and I think the opinion of a lot of people in this country, about the mutilation of children. How does that fall under the term gender-affirming care. It is a sex change operation. That's what it is, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk to an expert on that. What is the governor up to? I mean, I don't know if you're aware of this letter that uh, Governor Cox has sent to lawmakers, but I'm going to point out a few things about this letter. The, 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 The governor basically is wagging his finger at lawmakers and say, uh uh-uh, You're moving too fast on some bills. You need to slow down, and you need more public input. I wonder if the governor knows how many lawmakers are laughing at him today with that letter. Because I've talked to several today who are. I called them. I said, are you angry? They said, angry? No, we're just laughing. Where is this coming from? And we'll get into that as well. Plus, our Thank Rod, it's Friday segment coming up in the show in the 5 o'clock hour. So, a lot to get to today. And as I mentioned, uh, we love you to be a part of the program. 888-5708010, 888-5708010, or on your cell phone. All you do is have to dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. All right. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. If you uh, haven't been, let me give you an update. Former collegiate swimmer Riley Gaines. Now, Riley Gaines had to compete in an NC2A swim meet against Leah Thomas, and she lost. Leah Thomas is a guy, well, he is a guy, he was a guy up until about a year, year and a half ago when he decided he wanted to be a woman and started taking hormone treatment and was allowed to compete in swimming competitions. Now, Riley Gaines is one of the top female swimmers in the country, but she got beat by Leah Thomas. And since then, she has been one of the few female athlete voices out there who are speaking out against trans women competing in women's sports. Well, she was at the uh, San Francisco State University yesterday. She had to be escorted out of the university by police after rabid, violent students physically attacked her. She was on campus to give a speech about saving women's sports. She's been doing this all around the country. She ended up barricaded in a classroom for nearly three hours. Her husband said a male student wearing a dress hit her at least twice while she tried to escape the chaos. Listen to what happened. Well, before we get that, before we get to that, I want to play this back. This is back from um, earlier this month. Remember Joe Biden sat down, actually did a one-on-one interview. I think it was some guy from from, uh, Comedy Central. Hard-hitting interview. This is what Joe Biden said about about people who are struggling with their sexual identity and how we should treat transgender students. Here's the president. Uh, Transgender kids is a really harder thing. What's going on in Florida is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. I mean, it's just terrible what they're doing. 
It's not like, you know, a kid wakes up one morning and says, you know, I decided I want to become a man or I want to become a woman or I want to change. I mean, what, what, what are they thinking about here? They're human beings. They love, they have feelings, they have inclinations that are, I mean, it, it just to me is, I don't know, it, it's cruel. And the way we do it is we make sure we pass legislation like we passed on same-sex marriage. You mess with that, you're breaking the law, and you're going to be held accountable. Now I wonder if Joe Biden is aware of what happened at San Francisco State University with Riley Gaines yesterday. And if he thinks that is sinful or loving. I want you to listen to what happened as she had to be out of, uh, escorted out of this classroom where she was talking about women's sports. <laughs> Trans rights are human rights. That's what now I couldn't play the rest of that because it was it was profanity laced. I mean, it would have been every other word. You would have heard silence. But that's trans rights are human rights. How about Riley Gaines's rights to be able to share her opinion on a college campus? Now, this comes just a couple of days earlier where Ian Hayworth, who we've had on the show before, was shouted down at the University of Albany in New York, where he'd been invited to speak. He could barely get two words out of his mouth before protesting students began shouting FTP USA, Turning Point USA, FTP Turning Point USA. And this comes after what happened at Stanford University, where a federal judge was invited to speak. And he was shouted out even by the university's diversity uh, office leader. I mean, this was going on in this country. So what do we do about it? What should we do about it? Here's my solution. The solution, in my opinion, to the intolerance and bigotry that we now see on college campuses is quite simple. Expel every student involved in an inappropriate disruption of free speech. That's it. That's all these schools need to you to do. But do you think it will happen? It certainly will not. We'll talk more about that coming up a little bit later on in the show here on the Rod Arquette Show. When we come back, State Representative Kira Berkland, who's been involved in a lot of the discussion about transgender rights up on Utah's Capitol Hill, she'll be joining us coming up right here on the Rod Arquette Show in Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Now a word from one of our great sponsors, Trajan Wealth. Trajan Wealth is a fee-based model. There are no surprise charges for you when it comes to your financial investments. No commission salespeople, no limitations on the products they offer. They focus on your specific situation. They want to meet with you, assess your evolving financial goals, and then come up with a plan of attack. Starting from a foundation of really mutual respect and understanding, the fiduciaries dedicate their time needed to listen to your goals and inform you of your options. As an independent firm, Trajan Wealth, like I said, not bound by just one line of products or portfolios, they can customize a portfolio to meet your financial 
unique goals. Call Trajan Wealth today. Offices in Draper and Farmington, 801-899-7600. That's 801-899-7600. Or you can go online and set up an appointment and find out what they can do for you and your family at TrajanWealth.com. It's spelled T-R-A. J-A-N, Wealth. Installation Guide, absolutely free. Call 800-738-9900. That's 800-738-9900. It is uh, Thank Rod, it's Friday here on the Rod Arquette Show. And Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Don't forget, we open up the phones to you. And I invite you to talk about whatever is on your mind tonight in the 5 o'clock hour. That's the real hour of Thank Rod It's Friday. And we'll open up the phones to you. Coming up here in a little bit, we'll talk about um, you, you, there's nothing firming, affirming about mutilating children. And unfortunately, that is happening around the country on a more frequent basis. And that's that's very sad as well. All right. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, Riley Gaines, well-known uh, women's swimmer, ambush, physically hit after a uh, saving women's sports speech at San Francisco State University last night. Joining us on our newsmaker line right now to get her reaction to it and about the new rules concerning trans athletes introduced by the Biden administration yesterday is State Representative Kira Berkland, who's joining us on our newsmaker line. Kira, how are you? Welcome back to the show. I'm great, Rod. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, Kira, what do you think of uh, what happened to Riley Gaines last night? It's, it's unacceptable. No one regardless of your political views, should ever be physically attacked for a position you're taking. But this isn't the first time this has happened. At more and more, we're seeing these speakers who are expressing their opinion at very co- various college campuses and universities being shouted down, and many of them having to be escorted out of the buildings. That's amazing, Kira. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's not just amazing. It's, it's part of the left's agenda to silence everyone, to intimidate um, and make you so fearful that you won't speak out. Um, it's it's unfortunate that it happens, but it just means that we need that many more people willing to stand and speak out despite the threats, despite the assaults, despite the fears. Why hasn't the women's movement come to the aid of people like Riley Gaines and others who've been shouted out? Where where are the women of this country saying this is not fair? This is not right. Well, you know, funny thing is, I actually think there are a lot of um, women's organizations out there that have stepped forward. We're just not seeing them um, be talked about in the mainstream media, you know, on, on the national level. They don't want to give them any acknowledgement. And we've also seen, luckily, a lot of new women's organizations created because some of the larger ones are, aren't willing to speak out. But, but keep in mind, Rod, 
a lot of the women's groups, they're also fearful. They are, they don't want to bring an onslaught onto themselves or their associates and their family. The threats are really concerning to a lot of people. Well, that's kind of frightening as well. Kara, uh, the administration yesterday proposed new regulations that would prohibit schools from enforcing blanket ban, blanket bans on transgender identity. I know you've been looking at this. What are your thoughts on what the administration is doing here? It's such a radical policy agenda. And, and you know, he couldn't even get, the Biden administration couldn't even get Congress to go along with them. So now they're going to go through the Department of Education. Honestly, this might sound crazy, but it might just be the last thing we need as a state to say, you know what, we don't need that less than 5% of our funding to come from you anymore. We'll just do it on our own without any of your money, which is such a small amount. So on one hand, it's ridiculous. On the other hand, it might just be the blessing that I think our state needs in general. Why is that? Why do you see it as a blessing? Well, I, I don't believe that the money we receive from the federal government is worth all the strings attached. And so if this is the last straw where we can get enough of the legislature um, and perhaps even our executive branch to say, no, no more, we are just going to pull out of any federal funding and do education on our own, I think we're going to be better off in the long run. And I think we're going to have a better educational system for our kids. And then we won't have to worry about any of the nonsense that comes from the Biden administration. Could we do that here in the state of Utah? I mean, could we just say, don't, we don't want your money anymore? We're on our own? We absolutely have that power and authority. We do. Wow. The proposed rule, it recognizes in some instances, particularly the competitive sports, that schools may adopt that limited transgender student participation. So they're almost saying, well, if there's too much of a competitive advantage in this, we're not going to allow that student to play. What is that all about, Kira? Well, and this is the, the balance the balance that we tried to strike with House yeah. Bill 11, um, with the commission of recognizing, look, there are some kids who perhaps are intersex children, you know, who, who aren't exhibiting as strongly as male or female ever in their life. Um, and there is an opportunity for some of those kids to participate with House, the patches by House Bill 11 and the commission. And there are going to be kids out there, um, perhaps a transgender young girl who, who never went through puberty and... And there will be no advantage um, to them, at, at, you know, when it comes to athletic ability, if they participate. And as long as there's a mechanism to potentially allow a student athlete like that to participate, then they can um, continue to see receive federal funding and and be with you know well mm-hmm, within the rules mm-hmm. of the administration. Uh, I think it's it's a soft approach that we struck with House Bill 11 knowing that we would be litigated with the full ban of boys playing on girls' teams. However, it is something that we put in there to ensure that there is, with the commission, a level of protection for female athletes. Where does that stand, the implementation of House Bill 11, Kira? Can you give us an update? Absolutely. So it is um, currently still being litigated. We did have that lawsuit that came right out of the gate once the bill was um, overrode, the veto override happened. Um, And so it is to the commission. And there have been, I think, one or two transgender athletes in our state that have thought going before the commission. We purposely left that more um, private to protect the privacy of those student athletes. Um, but there is there has been discussion and I know some um, seeking of that commission meeting to 
discuss potential student-athletes. I know you worked on this commission as a way to get something through and to get the legislature to approve it. The governor decided, of course he didn't. We had to override that on a, on a veto Correct. override, right, Kira? I mean, why did, you, why did you look at the commission and say, all right, this may be a way around things or a way to make things work? Well, I, I'm good friends with a lot of the other legislators in other states who passed the you know, ban on boys playing on girls' teams. And when they ran those bills, they were passed, and then they were litigated against. And during that time frame, just like you're seeing in West Virginia, it's a anything-goes type of thing. So you, it provided zero protection during the litigation process to female athletes to ensure that their rights to a fair and even playing field could be upheld. Uh, I really felt like we needed to do a little bit more than just say, okay, if you're born a male, you can't play on a girls' team. It's that simple. While I agree that that is that simple, it's not the world that we live in. And so the, the commission was created to ensure that we don't just focus have, with tunnel vision on what we believe is right, but we still add protection for female athletes. Because in Idaho, West Virginia, and multiple states, anyone who identifies as female is able to now play on these women's teams mm-hmm. simply because their laws are being litigated. And it's just not comprehensive enough. It isn't. Kara, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Keep up the good fight, and happy Easter to you. Thanks for joining me. Thanks so much, Rod. Take care. All right. On our uh, uh, Newsmaker line is State Representative Kira Berkland talking about the uh, recent decision by the Supreme Court on a uh, West Virginia teen who uh, wants to participate in a track meet, also talking about the treatment that Riley Gaines got last night at San Francisco State University. One other note, isn't it interesting how these stories are not being covered? But if you are not aware of this story, here's another one in relation to the whole debate over transgender. Law enforcement officials in Colorado have arrested a transgender individual with a communist manifesto for allegedly planning mass shootings at schools and churches in the area. News of the arrest was made public on Thursday. The arrest actually happened back at the end of March, March 31st, just a few days after a transgender terrorist massacred six people, including three children, at a private Christian school in Nashville. Come. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome back to the uh, Friday edition, the Thank Rod, it's Friday edition of the Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listening, you'll know. Now, before we go to our next guest, I just want to give you an update on what's going on with Budweiser. Uh, The list of American companies and corporations Facing backlash and the threat of boycotts as they fall like dominoes to the woke mob seems to increase daily. Of course, one of the latest happens to be Anheuser-Busch after it joined forces with transgender TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney to promote Bud Light. Remember, we talked about that earlier this week. Now you have Nike coming out with its uh, sports bra for women modeled by a guy who doesn't have boobs. Well, the latest marketing decision does not seem to be a good one for the beer. Uh, Yesterday, a major distributing company called Will Fisher Distributing, located in the Springville, Missouri area, not far from St. Louis, as a matter of fact, 
canceled all upcoming appearances of the iconic Anheuser-Busch Clydesdales and basically said, we don't want anything to do with Budweiser at this point. So the backlash continues on all of this. All right, let's go back to our discussion on what's going on with children in America today involved in this transgender mess. Um, Progressive liberals led by Joe Biden, uh, I get it wrong about what Texas and Florida and even here in the state of Utah are doing when it comes to the mutilization of children. Joining us on our Any Hour Newsmaker line to talk about that right now is Robert Heineke. Robert is the Executive Director and General Counsel for the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Robert, welcome to the show. Robert, can you explain this one to me? Why is it that liberals in this country refuse to let and accept children at just being children? It's, it's part of the woke ideology, and it's great to be with you in this, in imposing you know, this extremist uh, you know, agenda onto the most vulnerable people that we have, which is our children. And so I, I think as part of the overall effort, the indoctrination, it's, you know, children are vulnerable and weak and susceptible to these ideas. And I think that makes them right target for those who would prey on children with these, you know, extreme surgical gender transformation procedures. I agree with you. I absolutely hate that term, gender-affirming care. What bothers you about that that term? Well, there's nothing affirming about it. You're talking about surgical and pharmaceutical alterations of a child. It's it's mutilation. It's it's you know changing the, the physical you know characteristics of that child. And the child can't consent to it either. I mean, there's nothing. Who's affirming what? I mean, the child lacks the maturity to be able to consent, and these procedures are being done that are causing irreparable lifetime damage. Robert, uh, the state of Texas and Florida and here in Utah, as a matter of fact, we now prohibit the surgical and chemical mutilation of children. Uh, I, I love this comment that a state senator made there. Our children need counseling and love, not blades and drugs. Why don't people listen to that more often? I, I don't get it either. I don't. I don't understand the, you know, what what the goal of this movement is. You're targeting and preying upon teenagers and preteens that are trying to figure themselves out in the world. And the studies have shown the the harmful, uh, you know, mental depression and 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 physical challenges that have come along with this kids are sorting themselves out at this age and they don't need to be pressured by doctors to make these irreparable and permanent um, alterations to their body. Instead, we need to love our kids. We need to counsel them. We need to help them in growing to adulthood and maturity where they then can make informed decisions about how they want to act as an adult. Robert, do you think people, uh, you know, psychologists, other doctors who are trying to work with these kids, do you think they feel pressured to go along with what the kids are saying and not question them and offer alternative forms or alternative care for them instead of moving forward with puberty blockers and and uh, surgery? Why aren't more saying, you know, let's let's see how this pans out? I think it's an extremism in the medical profession that is pressuring the children to move forward with this, which is why the the Texas legislation addresses it through the scope of practice and prohibiting this as a prohibited medical 
type practice. I mean, you, you've seen this explosion of these transgender clinics and these doctors performing this uh, that only exist in certain pockets of the United States. And it's, it's really, I think it's being driven by some radical professionals that are acting through their own ideology rather than anything that's in the best interest of the child. Frightening thought it was uh, mentioned the other day. I can't remember who said it, but uh, they pointed out that it, it, it's almost becoming trendy to have a transgender child in your family. Have we reached that point where it's now become trendy? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And, and that's it, too. I mean, trendy to surgically alter your child. I mean, it's interesting. You look at this. If this was really some kind of evolution in terms of, of Americans or individuals, you would expect to see this more kind of widespread in communities across the country, regardless of, of race, or socioeconomic condition, or geography. But that's not the case. I mean, it's really in these kind of pockets of liberal elitism that you're seeing the emergence of higher percentages than exist anywhere else, you know, in the country. And so there is something unnatural and unusual that is driving this. Uh, it's, it's not based on medicine. It's not based on science. And uh, it's the proper role of the government to step in and protect children from being preyed upon. I want to ask you a question that you posed in your article. Why is the left so intent? on exposing other people's children to sexual themes. What, what are they trying to do here? I mean, I think this is part of the overall leftist progressive attack on the individual and the family at the building blocks of society, that as you undefine and deconstruct the traditional role that man and woman, husband and wife, mother and father and child have in building the family which builds build society, then you replace that instead with government and with the ideologies and with uh, the, the rejection of the family of the individual. So this is one of those other examples where there's a much bigger leftist agenda in play and it's being deployed in this manner. What does society need to do? Are we doing enough right now? I know states like Texas, Florida, Utah, other states around the country are trying to prevent this. Is there more society can do at this point? I, I, it's okay to speak out and to push back and and to not be afraid of being shouted down by the woke left for standing up and saying, this is wrong. We should not be doing this on children. Uh, silence is an implicit endorsement, it's acquiescence, and more states need to take the lead of, of Texas and Utah and Florida in prohibiting these type of medical procedures, and we as Americans need to step up and say that is the right thing to do because we need to protect those who are most vulnerable, uh, regardless of how we believe about well, you know, one's, one's you know, sexual orientation or viewpoint. Let's come together and agree that you know, children are not in a position to make permanent 
irrevocable lifetime decisions involving themselves when they're at the tender teenage years and that we just need to step in and let kids be kids, grow to adulthood, and protect them from this kind of woke ideology. On our Any Hour Newsmaker line, that's Robert Haneke. Robert is the Executive Director and General Counsel of the Texas Public Policy Foundation talking about the mutilation of children taking place in this country because of the trans... 4033. Advisory services offered through Boss Retirement Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Insurance products and services offered through Boss Retirement Solutions. All right, welcome back to the uh, Friday edition, the Thank Roddick's Friday edition of the uh, Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know we'll open up the phones to you coming up in the 5 o'clock hour to talk about whatever is on your mind tonight. Now, but we, we want to give something away. Now, we've been talking about Lagoon. Lagoon is going to open this weekend. The weather is finally going to cooperate. And how would you like to join the Easter Bunny at Lagoon Saturday and Sunday? You can do that. He'll be there from noon to 3 for a hopping good time. But right now, we want to give away some single-day passports. They're only $74.95 plus tax. When you buy two or more, you can go online at lagoonpark.com, enter code BUNNY23 to get this great deal. So if you're caller number five right now, you can win a pair of single-day passes to Lagoon that you can use any day, not just this weekend, any day if you're caller number five, or you can visit knrs.com for another chance to win. So here's what I want you to do. Call 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010 for your chance to win two single-day passports to Lagoon. Right now, you can purchase them as well for seventy four ninety five plus tax when you buy two or more. But right now, we're giving a, wear, a pair of single-day passports that you can use anytime this year at Lagoon. Be caller number five right now, 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, and you could be a winner with Talk Radio 105.9, KNRS, and Lagoon. All right. Um, boy, I tell you what, the polls right now are not looking good for Joe Biden. Uh, and the liberal media is kind of <laughs> being forced to admit it right now. Democrats are aiming to punish former President Trump and keep him out of the 2024 election in hopes of securing a second term for Joe Biden. But Americans are having a tough time uh, in deciding who they want. CNN's political director, David Chalane, said the number should be a wake-up call for Joe Biden and the Democrats to start having a backup plan. Listen to the numbers as he explained them yesterday on CNN. The numbers are beyond sobering for President Biden. They tell us many, or in some cases most of you, have deep doubts about his performance and about the direction of the country right now. It is April 2023, so a very long way to November 2024. So consider these numbers just an early campaign baseline. But, it's an important but, they are still quite telling about your mood and the challenges facing the 80-year-old incumbent, our CNN political director David Chalian, here with us to unveil the numbers. David, what do they tell us? Yeah, John, this is indeed a big baseline poll at just the starting line. And President Biden hasn't even formally announced his re-election yet, but we asked uh, the American people if he deserves re-election, if he deserves a second term. Uh, 32 percent, just a third of Americans in this poll, John, say yes. 
Joe Biden deserves to be reelected. When we asked that back in December, it was up at 37%. So he's lost a little bit of ground here. And we've noticed uh, what's driving that is young voters, liberals, some people that should be naturally in a D versus R world in Joe Biden's camp. So he'll have some work to do on his own side of the fence before he uh, can actually uh, convince the broad middle of the country. Take a look at his overall approval rating in this poll, 42% approve, 57% disapprove. I tell you what, uh, Joe Biden's got a hill to climb. Uh, I want to let you hear what uh, John Kennedy, uh, the uh, always colorful Louisiana senator, had to say about the poll numbers. He was on Hannity last night, and this was his reaction to it. President Biden's approval rating ranks right up there with jock itch. <laughs> John Kennedy, Joe Biden's approval rating ranks right up there with jock itch on Hannity last night. Now, the interesting thing about this survey, as Byron York pointed out in the um, in the Washington Examiner today, um, they th- the survey asked people as well, is there a specific person you'd like to see the Democratic Party nominate for president in 2024? Or do you just want to see someone besides Joe Biden? A huge majority of Democrats, 69%, had no one in mind to replace Joe Biden. They just want someone besides Biden. And that really is a huge advantage for the president, if you think about it. If he's the only guy right now that they have, and really there's really nobody out there other than Joe Biden at this time who they would like to see on the ticket for 2024, it does give him an advantage. Now, um, who would they support? None of these people that I'm going to list got more than 5% support when Democrats were asked that question. Bernie Sanders, 5%. Pete Buttigieg, 4%. Kamala Harris, Michelle Obama. I still think she's out there, if you want my opinion. 3%. Gavin Newsom and Elizabeth Warren, 2%. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Hakeem Jeffries, and Beta O'Rourke, 1%. Another 4% say they would simply like someone younger than the 80-year-old Biden. So, you know, it's very early. We've got a long way to go until November of 2024. But really, things are going to start picking up this summer. Joe Biden, at this point, has not indicated one way or another when he will announce his plan for re-election. But when he has only a 32% approval, when people are asked, should he run again? There are two-thirds of the American people think someone else should run on the Democratic side. But at this point, they simply do not know who they would like to see run. And if Joe Biden is delaying and delaying, nobody appears to be wanting to step up and take on the 80-year-old guy in the White House right now. This does give Joe Biden a real, a, a, a real advantage. So... Can an unpopular president like Joe Biden win re-election? There certainly is a possibility that he could. All right, welcome back. Hour number two of the Rod Arquette with you on this uh, Thank Rod is Friday. Good Friday. Of course, Easter Sunday coming up on uh, on uh, Sunday. I'm, I'm still trying. My wife and I are still trying to figure out, because we always do a big Easter egg hunt. We have seven grandchildren. 
now, and uh, they love the Easter egg hunt. And we love doing it. No, i got to put stuff in those candies, helping the Easter bunny out tonight. But, um, you know, they, you know, I don't know where we're going to do it because we've got, if you love up in Davis County in the east side, it may be the east side down here, down in Utah County or up in Weber uh, and Tooele County as well. We've still got a lot of snow on our lawn and uh, snow boots. Um, he's not going to be dropping a lot of eggs on the snow. His feet will get cold. So I, I'm not sure how we're going to play, but it just, we've never had an Easter like this for, I can't recall ever, to be honest, this time of year. This late into April already, and we still have a lot of snow on the ground. All right, uh, just my thoughts as we head into the uh, weekend. We'll figure something out, and I know you can as well. I was just listening to Abby talking about um, Easter candy. I, apparently, number one in this state is, I think she said, jelly beans. Love jelly beans. Popcorn-flavored jelly beans. I absolutely love them. All right, uh, now, um, thank God it's Friday. We open up the phones to you. And let you talk about whatever is on your mind tonight. A lot of calls yesterday on Mitt Romney. There was a story out there, a new poll out, showing there are a lot of people within the uh, GOP party who would like Mitt Romney to retire. And uh, we could get your thoughts on that. I want to bring this up, though, because I found this so unusual. And I actually wondered uh, today if um, Governor Cox realizes that there are some Utah lawmakers who are probably laughing at him today. And here's why. Um, now, he even admitted that this letter he sent to Utah lawmakers, he'd sound a little sanctimonious. But apparently, the governor today is wagging his finger at the Utah legislature saying, ah, don't you, don't you, don't you dare do this again. Because if you continue to do so, you are going to lose the trust of the people who put there, put you there. Now, here's his beef. He basically said, He warned lawmakers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. That if they continue rushing bills through the Utah legislature without little input, they will lose the public's trust and, oh my gosh, face vetoes. Oh-ho! So why is he doing this? Why do you think... Governor Pronoun is doing this. Well, let me give you a couple of numbers, first of all. The Utah legislature, this year, in its 45-day session, passed a record number of bills. A record number of bills. As a matter of fact, they were so efficient this year in what they did, they adjourned on the final day of the legislative session at 9.30 at night. Rarely does that happen, because normally it goes right up until midnight. Sometimes I think they change the clock for a second or two. So here you have the legislature passing a record number of bills this year. How many of those bills did Spencer Cox veto? Not a one. 
So if Spencer Cox was so concerned about the speed that lawmakers were approving and hearing bills, if he was concerned about that, couldn't he have vetoed even one? Maybe just on a technical issue. But he didn't do it. He simply did not do it. So now he comes out with this letter saying, uh-oh, you, you, you nasty, nasty lawmakers. Quit passing bills without public input. Now, can I give you an idea? This point that he is making is right out of the Utah Education Association handbook and playbook. Remember, after school choice was approved, the bill sponsored by Candace Perucci? What did the UEA say? We didn't have enough time to comment on this bill. Shame on you lawmakers for passing it so quickly without public input. That's exactly what Spencer Cox is saying today. Shame on you. Now, the other point that I think plays into this, and we talked about this poll with Brad Wilson yesterday. Remember the poll showed that Utahns in general are pretty happy with what Utah lawmakers did this past session. This past session. They're pretty happy with it. In that poll, they were also asked about who they consider the most powerful person in the state today. And you know what happened? It was even the Utah legislature and Governor Spencer Cox. So there are people out there, you voters out there, who do not think that Spencer Cox is the most powerful man in the state. And I think that just annoyed the daylights out of him. That's why he wrote this ridiculous letter. And that's why lawmakers that I spoke with today were laughing. I called them. I said, are you angry at the governor? <laughs> angry? They said, no, I'm laughing. Because they, it, it is just a, it's ridiculous why he would do this. Because he has the power. Utah lawmakers, I, don't, I can't recall a session, and maybe it has happened. Maybe someone can educate me on this. But I don't recall one session where a governor would sign everything into law. There's always one bill that he vetoes. It may be on a technical issue. But he vetoes a measure just to show, show the lawmakers, see, I got the power you ain't got. But he didn't even do it this year. So if you look at this, what on earth is he trying to do? I mean, he even admitted in the letter that he may sound a little sanctimonious. But Governor Spencer Cox, let me tell you what. If you want lawmakers to slow down and give more bills time, veto them. But he didn't do it. So where is he coming from? I, you know, sometimes I wonder where this guy is actually coming from. Fairview? I think that's where he's from. I mean... To do something like this absolutely makes no sense. And I don't know if he was attempting. Here's what he could be attempting. Now, the media out there will pick up on this and go, yay for Spencer Cox. He is calling out lawmakers. He is doing what the people want, that we have input on every bill. They did have input on bill every bill. The school choice bill that was passed this year, it was debated up and down last year. There were plenty of hearings on it. There were interim committee hearings on it this year. So for him to say, for him to say 
they're not given enough time. They were given time, maybe not enough that some people want, but there was time, in fact, to argue them. But didn't happen, did it? And on the other bills as well. So I just want to go back and, and just say again, I don't know where Spencer Cox is coming from on this one um, because I really believe um, that there are committee meetings, there are opportunities for people to speak, and he has the veto power. Now, I think, here's the other thing about his veto power this year. Republicans in both houses of the legislature have super-duper majorities. They could override a veto like that in just a second. So maybe he feel he didn't get a chance. Who knows? Now, someone made the prediction to me today that you watch what Spencer Cox does after he wins re-election in 2024. He will veto everything. <laughs> and here's why. Because he'll look like the champion for the little guy. And what that will do is put him on MSNBC, NBC, and his buddies on the propaganda media, and he'll look like a hero. And you have to ask yourself, is Spencer Cox jockeying for another job? I mean, he saw what Buttigieg did. You know, here's a mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who is now a cabinet secretary. Maybe Spencer Cox wants to be, maybe he'll run for president. Maybe he's jockeying to be a vice presidential nominee. Or maybe he just wants to work in a cabinet. I don't know what his relationship is with Trump. My guess is he probably won't go there. And I'm not sure what it is with Ron DeSantis or any other candidate out there. But maybe after he is reelected, which I think he will be in 2024, despite doing things like this, Maybe he's jockeying for a higher position. You never know. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's see what you ha- what is on your mind tonight. Got a lot to talk about. We can talk about Cox and this letter to lawmakers to stop rushing bills through without public input or with little public input. We can talk more about Romney. We can talk about what happened to Donald Trump this week. A lot to get to today. Phone lines are open to you right now. 888-570-8010. 888-570-8010. Or on your cell phone, all you do is have to dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rob. <clears throat> Let me take a minute right now and talk to you about Burt Brothers Tire and Service. You know, you know Burt Brothers Tire and Service for their brand name tires that are always offered to you at the best possible prices. But they can take care of all your other vehicle needs as well. Burt Brothers keeps your car and your tires in great shape with their preventive maintenance services like rotations, alignments, batteries, oil changes, wipers, and emissions. Whenever my car needs an oil change or needs to have the tires rotated, guess what? I go to Burt Brothers Tire and Service. They also handle those painful and unexpected flat tires, those check engine lights that come on, steering and suspension issues, and so much more. So, Bird Brothers, they not only want to offer you quality, the best tires at drastically reduced prices, but they care about you and your car as well. Bird Brothers, your one-stop shop for complete auto care done better. Find out what they can do. Yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. It's Friday! All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show on this uh, Good Friday. 
Sunshine on the outside. Supposed to get into the 70s early next week. So, uh, all right. Thank God it's Friday. If you're new to the show, what we do every week is open up the phones to you and talk about whatever you want. It has been a history-making week. The first time a former or sitting president was called before a court to face felony charges. That happened to Donald Trump on on Tuesday. Uh, We also had going on this week a new poll out on Mitt Romney. Apparently, many of you in the Republican Party would like to see him retire. We have this letter sent from the governor to lawmakers today, wagging his finger at him, saying, "Ah, ah, ah, stop rushing bills through with little public input. That is not a nice thing to do. I may have to use my veto pen on you. Why didn't he use it this year? 888-570-8010, Let's go to the phones and see what's on your mind tonight. We begin in Salt Lake City with Cowboy. Cowboy, how are you? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. How you doing? I'm doing well, Cowboy. How are you? I can't complain. Just out door dashing is all I'm doing. All right. What's on your mind tonight, Cowboy? Well, I've been hearing the whole controversy about the whole transgender thing about you know little ones wanting to change their mind on what they may possibly be Mm -hmm. why are parents thinking that it's like the next trend or the next big thing to to let their children go through something like that well there are some who think it's trendy to have a trans child in your family. I mean, I've, I'm hearing that from all over around the country. There are some families who think it's very trendy and it's cool to have because they're showing love for their children. I don't know if that's showing love to their children. Do you? Do you, Cowboy? Not really because their mind is still developing. Mm. It, it's, still, it's still growing until the age of 25, they say. Yes. And... They should be able to have the option when they become an adult, not 12, yeah. 13. Yep. Oh, I'm, like, w- I'm with you. My oldest, uh, he, he came out, love him to death. I'll give my life for him if I had to. But he fully didn't come out until he got old enough. And you know what? That's a decision that I want to make, and that's the route that I'm going to take. And we love and support him every single day for it. But how old was he? Or how old is he now? He's uh, 23, 24. Well, we just barely celebrated his uh, birthday last month. Yeah. Well, you know, 23, 24, if you want to go that route, when you're that age, if you want to do something like that, that's your call. But not for children. Please, not for the children. Let's go to Robin, who's in Bountiful tonight here on uh, Thank Rod is Friday. Hi, Robin. How are you? Hi, Rod. Uh, I want to talk about Alvin Braggadocious <laughs> and also this transgender thing. Okay. Uh, but uh, the reason why he put forward such a horrible indictment is just like the United States is 240 years old now, it's been 240 years since he prosecuted a felony and didn't know how. That's Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No. 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's why it's such a horrible indictment. Yeah, it's awful. The second thing, transgender stuff and our wonderful governor. Where is it? He's doing a Barack Obama. He's trying to lead from behind. That's his problem. Why? I wish he would call a special session and have our legislature focus mainly on transgender and schools and get that stuff the heck out of there and clean it up. And I mean, these people don't need to be met with a little tap on the shoulder. They need a two by four to the head to straighten them up. <laughs> right. Robin, thank you. You know, um, I don't think that'd be the way to do it. What they do need is they do need to have an honest discussion because I think many people, many experts, and I've read a lot of them, feel that transgenderism and the feeling of transgenderism is a mental illness. It is a mental illness. And that is an opportunity for people to sit down and talk to them. And I love what we're starting to see in countries like Sweden and the U.K. and Finland. They were one of the first to begin this process of hormone therapy and uh, uh, sex change operations, gender-affirming care, so to speak, top surgery, bottom surgery. They have now backed off on that. And these countries are now taking a wait-and-see attitude on transgenderism. Kids are going to be kids. And if you've raised children, you know, you know they're a certain age. I don't know, what is it, 9, 10, 11, until they're about maybe even 18. Oftentimes, they simply cannot make up their minds. I think what is happening to some kids in our society today is they feel alone. They feel isolated. They aren't part of the group. So they they find a group they can associate with who will accept them for what they are and who they are. And in fact, I think friends have a, uh, you know, as parents, friends have a tremendous influence on your children, who they're hanging around with, what they're doing. They have a tremendous amount of influence on your children, sometimes more than mom and dad do for a period of time, unless mom and dad really have a great relationship with their children. And if your children who feel isolated, who just kind of feel different, they'll be accepted, and then those friends will start to encourage them and say, hey, you know what? Maybe you aren't a girl. Maybe you are a boy, and maybe you need to express that. Or maybe you're a boy, but you don't feel like a boy. You want to express that. And that influence is very powerful on kids today. And that's why, as mom and dad, you need to have a loving relationship with them and get the help they need. And that does not include hormone therapy and does not include a sex change operation. They're too young. All right, more of your calls coming up. It is Thank Rod is Friday, 888 April 30th. So visit servicetitan.com and get started. That's servicetitan.com, servicetitan.com. Thank Rod is It's Friday. Thank Rod is All right, welcome back to the uh, Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know it is Thank Rod is Friday. Lines are open to you to talk about whatever is on your mind tonight. 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010. Or on your cell phone, all you do is have to dial pound 250 
and say, hey, Rod. All right, let's go back to the phones. On this Friday night, we're talking with Susan in Salt Lake City. Susan, how are you? Welcome to Thank Rod. It's Friday. Hey, I'm doing good today. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. You're welcome. What's on your mind? (laughs) Well, you said something a minute ago in your last um, little spiel you gave, and that you said, you don't boy, well, maybe you're a girl. Well, I'm a woman, and I feel like me. I don't feel like a woman. I don't feel like a man. Mm. I'm just me. So when people say you don't feel like a boy, well, I would like to know what does a boy feel like? What does a girl feel like? I don't know. I just feel like me. You feel like you. That's a very good point, Susan. I never even thought of that. Does a girl, you just feel like me. Bonnie is in fielding tonight here on the Rod Arquette Show. And thank Rod, it's Friday. Hi, Bonnie. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm on this transgender thing that I think is just insanity. I just feel like it is um, like bell-bottoms. It's just a fad, only it's got permanent consequences. And when the fad's over, you can't take in the scenes. <laughs> Do you know how much you're dating yourself, Bonnie, like me, when you say it's like bell-bottoms? I remember bell-bottoms. Not a lot of people out there do remember bell-bottoms, Bonnie. Oh, I I, I did bell-bottoms. <laughs> yeah, I did, too. Re- returned with my children down line. But, yeah, it's like bell, it's a fad, yeah. like bell-bottoms with permanent consequences. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I think yeah. it's insane. Yeah, you're right, Bonnie. Uh, permanent consequences. And I hope people realize that. And I hope we we slow this down a little bit. We have to, folks. If we continue the mutilation of children, and if they're like, is it, is it Chloe Collard? Chloe Coward? Uh, Collard, I think we've had her on the show. She realized she made a mistake. She's now suing the hospital and the doctors for what they did to her. After she had her sex change operation, she realized, that's not what I want. I can't do the things. I think she transitioned from a girl to a boy. And now her life as a girl, which she has retransitioned or transitioned back, is completely changed because what the uh, uh, what the medical community did to her. Back to the phones. Let's go to Spanish Fork and hear what Craig has to say tonight here on the Rod Arquette Show. And thank Rod, it's Friday. Hi, Craig. How are you? Good, Rod. How are you tonight? I'm fine. Go ahead, Craig. We're having a hard time hearing you. Go All ahead. Right. All right. All right. Hold on one second. Let me do this. And hear what Craig has to say. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> I'm fine. Go ahead, Craig. We're having a hard time hearing you. Turn your radio off, Craig. There you go. There you go. Much better. I, I know. I would. All right. All right. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on. I wanted to speak about Mitt Romney and his uh, need to retire. Mm-hmm. The man, the man says he votes his conscience, and that is not what our representatives are supposed to do. They are supposed to vote our conscience. They're supposed to vote our voice back there, and it just, it just really upsets me because he did it with the Trump impeachment, and he's done it actually in emails that I have sent to him and said, hey. Why are you doing this? And it's like, well, I'm voting my conscience. And it is not not his job to vote his conscience. How does he determine, though, the conscience of his those people who voted for him? I mean, how do you do that? Because, you know, he's got a lot of constituents out there. How do you do that, Craig? Well, 
and 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 I have. I've emailed him. I have written him letters. I I'm an I'm an old fashioned guy. Let's let's talk to our representatives and let them know. Hey, this ain't what I want. And you know, and maybe all the others are writing him and telling him, oh yeah, and Pete Trump, you know, whatever. But I for my voice. I feel like he is not my voice whatsoever. All right. All right, Craig. I think a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people feel that he is not reflecting the views and values of the people put him in office. Syracuse. Sean is there tonight here on Thank Rod is Friday. Hi, Sean. How's it going, Rod? Good. Thank you, Sean. Hey. Good. Hey, uh, I just want to chime in a little bit on the trans agenda thing that's been going on. You know, normally... Uh, we know that universities kind of tend to be left-leaning. However, the uh, main psychiatrist out at John Hopkins University, he flat out just came out and said that this transgenderism is a mental illness. Yeah, it is. You know, I think that needs to have a little bit of weight, you know, with some of these parents that are, that are you know, making decisions for their children, number one. Um, but number two, I think... I think people need to stop falling for um, this propaganda that's that's going on, which is exactly what it is. You're getting it all over TV, all over news, all over social media. You know, it, it fits right into uh, the Communist Manifesto, if you've ever read that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, what surprises me, um, uh, Sean, on all of this is, Transgenders make up less than 1% of the population. I mean, the, look how much attention they've been able to generate in this country and what they're doing to this country. We have bigger problems to deal with, but it seems like every, almost every day in some segment of the show, I'm talking about what they're doing and what is happening to us. How have they been able to dominate the discussion in this country? What do you think is going on in that regard, Sean? Again, it's it's the propaganda through the through the communist agenda. A lot of people don't want to see it because, I mean, it, ever since the 80s when I was growing up, you know, they've said, oh, it could never happen here. But the problem is it's being pushed on everybody all the time. And I actually worked alongside of a transgender um, male to female, and he actually flat out stated, you know, this was something that he did by choice but a lot of these people are playing the victim, and a lot of these people are are trying to garner a social construct, you know, through propaganda yeah. by by pushing an agenda. And as long as it is pushed through our media, through our, uh, you know, our school systems, you know, because you do, you have, you know, people that want to be socially accepted, so they push it instead of being morally correct or allowing people to make a decision on their own. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I want to ask you one more question on this before I let you go, because I think you've had some very good thoughts on this. What impact do you think the fact that the the leader of this country, Joe Biden, is endorsing this and allowing this to happen? Oh, he's he's all the policies that, that Obama couldn't get pushed through in his eight years of office. Boy. I mean, he flat out is, is the third... The third term. Yep. Uh, Obama tried to push things that this country was not willing to stand for. They were. Remember Obama's speech? He said he would fundamentally change this country. And he continued to push that. And having a 
a vice president turned president, those those agendas are just being pushed even harder now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is it is the third term of Barack Obama. I would agree with you. I don't I don't think Joe Biden is running the country. I think all of Barack Obama's appointees, people who used to work for him, are now working for Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't know what to make of it, and they're just getting away with whatever they want. I mean, look what's going on with the EPA, the Internal Revenue Service, the Justice Department, the FBI, our military. This is all what Barack Obama wanted, and he's getting it now. All right, more of your calls coming up here on Thank God It's Friday, 888-MatthewJStory.com. That's 855-STORY. Call Matt today. Thank God It's it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. All right, welcome back. It is Thank God It's Friday here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you will know. Now, coming up in the uh, 6 o'clock hour tonight, we're going to be talking about climate change uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, I've always felt that the climate alarmist, and there are a lot of them out there, John Kerry, Alexandria Cortez, what's the you know teenage kid's name over there in Europe, Greta Thunberg, 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 whatever. Um, you know, they, they, and even going back to, was it Paul Ehrlich? Paul Ehrlich, I believe his name, who wrote The Population Bomb. Remember that? I think it was in the 70s. Everybody read that book. We were all scared that we were overpopulating the earth and come to find out everything he predicted just didn't come true. But I've always wondered um, why people who were concerned about the environment, and it was Richard Nixon, I believe, who set up the EPA. To protect the environment. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Why on earth didn't they just come to the American people? And I don't know how they would have done this. This may have been a pipe dream on my part. But to say to the American people, hey, look, this is the only spot we got to live on, right? This ain't no other place to go. So let's start thinking about how we can protect the environment while at the same time continuing to have a prosperous life in America. Instead, they came out with all these wild predictions. Al Gore's included in that group as well. You know? Um, And it's funny that a lot of people, including liberals, paid no attention whatsoever to what these projections were. If they were concerned about the rising oceans, why did Barack Obama buy a $11 million piece of property and house up at Martha's Vineyard right on the shoreline? You going to build a wall? What's he going to do? So we're going to talk about that in the 6 o'clock hour because there are really, there are some real environmental threats out there to what is taking place on planet Earth. But none of them, have to do with CO2 emissions. 
That is what the focus is, but it doesn't need to be that. There are other environmental concerns, and there are fixes to these environmental issues, but nobody is talking about them. The sexy one is the earth is warming up. Climate change is taking place. We have to do something about CO2 emissions. You know what has happened? How long have we been dealing with that? Since the 70s? In trying to reduce our carbon footprint or carbon emissions? Do you know something? Nothing has changed. The level today is exactly the same as it was 40 years ago. Nothing has changed. And why? Because, well, the U.S. may be trying to reduce what it puts into the air, there are countries like India and China and other places around the world that are pumping more and more CO2 into the air each and every day. Why? Because they're developing countries, China not so much anymore, developing to give their people what we have had in this country for a very, very long time. And there is no way that we as Americans can walk over there and tell the people of China, tell the people of India, Tell these other emerging nations, stop that. You can't do what we've done. That's not going to happen. So we'll talk about that in the 6 o'clock hour. Also, there is a um, unique approach to storing power. And it could involve our reservoirs. Water going backward? Could happen. And we'll talk about that as well. Also, our Listen Back Friday segment is coming up here on the uh, Rudd Arquette Show. So, you know, as we wrap up this week... And we've talked. It it has been a history making week because of the um, the charges against Donald Trump. He was arraigned on him. Where this all goes, who knows? We'll have to see. But a lot of people out there are simply saying this case should be tossed out, and if nothing else, the judge should not be part of this. And we got word today he made a contribution, not a big one, not a big one, only about fifteen dollars to Barack Obama's campaign. He made contributions as well to other Democratic campaigns. And uh, you know what? That is grounds for him to recuse himself, and they should be looking for another judge. And we'll have to wait and see what happens as well. So we've got a lot of time between now and when that first hearing is, which I think is scheduled for December 4th. Before that date, there are other motions to be filed, and we'll have to see how this all breaks out and what happens with this. Going to be an interesting time. It certainly is. All right. Uh, another hour of the Rod Arquette coming up here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Like I said, we'll talk about a lot of things. And, of course, more coming up on this Thursday. Just a reminder, tonight is the Jesse Kelly Show. And don't forget, tomorrow we have the travel show on from 11 to 1. Uh, a lot of traveling, a lot of people ready to travel. I'll be traveling here in a couple of weeks. A lot of people out there, you know, COVID is over. They want to get back and enjoy, you know, this country. Larry and the team, they've got the travel show all lined up for tomorrow. And then, of course, Gun Radio Utah with Clark and with um, Bill. And you know what? I don't know if you heard um, the sheriff in uh, Florida and what he said about guns and criminals. It is amazing. Hopefully, we didn't get to air it today. Maybe on Monday, we'll be able to do that. Pretty interesting. All right, another of the Rod Arquette Show coming your way right here on Utah's Talk Radio. To participate, call 801-261-2000 or apply at jbrclinicalresearch.com.
Hour number three of the Rod Arkenshaw with you on this Think Rod is Friday. Thanks for joining us. A busy, busy hour coming your way. We're going to talk more about climate change here in the state of Utah and a unique approach to save power that is generated by solar or wind energy. We'll be talking about that. And, of course, our Listen Back Friday segment is coming your way at the bottom of the hour. What will happen when conservatives and Republicans common-sense, fair-minded people in this country become a minority. We may already be there, We'll talk, and we'll talk about is it time for the GOP to take off the gloves, knowing that we're constantly under attack by the Democrats and by the propaganda media on the left. So a lot to get to, but I want to start off talking about climate alarmism and what's really going on in this country today. Joining us on our uh, newsmaker line is Edward Ring, who's a senior fellow at the Center for American Greatness. Edward, great to have you on the show. Let's talk about climate alarmism, because you write about that in American Greatness this week. I've always wondered why people who are so concerned about the planet and the health of the planet, and they've been concerned about it now for, what, 50, 60, 70 years, why they never thought of let's all come together let's talk about what we're doing to the planet let's talk about preserving the planet instead of coming out with these wild predictions that we're all going to die in 10 years why edward in your opinion wasn't there more a more common fair-minded common sense approach to dealing with saving planet earth well, that's the million-dollar question, and the problem with climate alarmism is there's this singular focus on reducing CO2 emissions, which may or may not be a problem in terms of changing the climate on the planet. But in the meantime, there's all kinds of uh, problems with the environment that are easier to fix because there's no way we're going to stop emitting CO2 anyway. You know, even if the entire United States stops other nations in the in the world are not going to stop emitting CO2. And what's happened is the focus on nothing but climate change, the panic that's been, I, I think it's unwarranted panic that's constantly promoted over this, has discredited environmentalism in general. A lot of people who would be receptive to things like, gosh, maybe we shouldn't be strip mining the oceans with drift nets 50 miles long sooner or later there won't be anything left you know yeah. there are real problems out there that we need to address and people who ought to be and would ordinarily be concerned about those problems have looked at all of this hype over co2 they know that it's a futile uh, objective anyway they're not sure that there's really any truly beyond debate scientific basis for it and so the entire movement of environmentalism has been discredited in the eyes of millions of people. Edward, have we just turned a deaf ear on many of these uh, uh, dire predictions about we'll all be dying in the next 10 years if we don't do something? Have the American people said every prediction you've almost made has never come to fruition? So, you know, we've turned a deaf ear on all of this. Well, I think that is happening, and the, the the problem is that, you know, maybe in 500 years, if we, you know, triple our CO2, uh, something's going to happen to the climate. I mean, there's a possibility that there's all kinds of truth behind this, but by creating this fake urgency, the, they made a terrible decision. They decided the only way we can motivate our population to do something about this is by fomenting panic and by making it sound like it's this terrible, terrible threat that's going to take us, to, that's going to destroy the world tomorrow or in five years or ten years. And and as you say, because that didn't happen, people, 
not believing the entire climate change theory, but they don't really want to pay attention to anything having to do with the environment because the entire environmental movement has been hijacked by people who want to cut down our CO2 emissions for what are probably other motivations that really don't have that much to do with climate change. You write about some of the uh, environmental disasters that are already in progress, but nobody is talking about them. Could you mention, I think you mentioned one or two of them a moment ago. Could you talk about that a little bit? And why why aren't those so-called disasters getting any attention? Well, they're getting attention, but they're not getting nearly the attention they deserve because, again, everything is about CO2 emissions. We have a decline in insect mass on the planet, which we don't really know why it's happening, but you have to have insects to pollinate plants. You have to have them to be the link in the food chain between microorganisms and smaller predators, which in turn are part of the food chain for larger predators. They, they are a vital link in uh, helping food uh, or organic matter decompose, whether it's animals or plant matter. You have to have insects. And, and they're dying off at a rate of about 2% a year, according to a lot of estimates, an alarming fact that nobody talks about. We have nutrient runoff, which, you know, in, in the uh, European Union, in the Netherlands, they're trying to stop all of the farming because they claim that there's something connected to climate change and nutrients. The problem with nutrients, which is phosphorus and ammonia and nitrogen fertilizers, is if you don't do more precise irrigation methods, and if you don't process animal waste, if we don't get it out of our effluent with our wastewater, it goes into the aquatic ecosystems, creates algae blooms. The algae then dies once it runs out of nutrient food, and, and it, when it dies, all the oxygen comes out of the water, and all the aquatic life dies mm. with it. Mm. And this is a serious problem, and, and we have to figure out how to address that problem. We have the overfishing I just mentioned. We can't use natural gas. Nobody in Africa can develop natural gas because of supposed climate change from the CO2 from the natural gas. So instead, they're going out and using the, the game meat for protein. They're using uh, the rainforest uh, wood <laughs> for fuel. Uh, they're, they're deforesting and, and destroying wilderness throughout the equatorial regions of the planet because the World Bank won't let them develop natural gas. This is crazy. And that also leads to the fact that we have a population crash. And the reason we have a population crash in developed nations is because the more, uh, the more people are prosperous, free, and educated, the fewer children they have. So what does that mean? That means in failing nations, birth rates remain high. And in successful yeah. nations, birth <laughs> rates are too low. And they're very low. 1.5 is good in a developed nation. If you have only 1.5 children per woman on average, 1,000 people today is only 400 grandchildren, great-grandchildren. That, that's, that's a nation that wants to disappear, and the only solution is to import people from failing nations. And that's being caused by intricate disruptors in the environment. That's one of the causes. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's not only making you physically less fertile, but people with lower fertility don't have the same psychological behaviors. And so it affects our culture as well. That's something in the environment that absolutely nobody's talking about. And nobody is talking about hardly any of those issues that you brought up, Edward. If we don't pay attention to some of these issues that you just mentioned and continue to focus on uh, CO2 emissions, what's going to happen? Any prediction? 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, I don't want to uh, suggest that these are things that we can't fix. These are things that are easier to fix than CO2. You can't fix CO2. You can't replace all of the energy that we produce in the world with things that don't emit CO2. We're nowhere close to figuring that out. You know, maybe someday when we have fusion energy, which has been 30 years away for the last 60 years, uh, you know, we might be able to get rid of CO2 emissions. But we're not going to. We can fix things like why do we have a half a million square miles of biofuel plantations already when there's only 10 million square miles of farmland on the planet, and we are only getting 2% of our transportation fuels from biofuel, and that's just transportation fuel. We've destroyed half a million square miles to grow biofuel. That's easily fixed. Stop doing it. Stop growing biofuel. You can fix that overnight. You know, get rid of the carbon credits for biofuel, which funded all of these horrible plantations all over the world. That are, you know, there are things we can fix. We can, we can enforce fishing quotas. We can ban drift nets, and then we can enforce it, because we've already tried that, but there's still these factory trawlers that drag these great drift nets through the ocean. That We have to replace that with aquaculture which we can. I mean, these are fixable problems. And, and, and so there needs to be more focus on environmental problems that are genuine that can actually be solved instead of this obsession with CO2 emissions. Edward Ring, Senior Fellow at the Sarakin Greatness, talking about climate alarmism and how it is really killing real environmentalism in this country today. More of our Listen Back Friday segments coming up at the bottom of the hour. Don't forget that. More coming up on the Rod Arkin Show and Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you will know. All right, let's talk about power outages in your home. There's nothing like having a power outage in your home. And I know a lot of you this winter, because of the bizarre winter that we've had, have spent a few hours in your home in the dark because you lost power. Could be for a number of reasons. For peace of mind, why not get it with the... uh, Purchase and installation of a Generac automatic standby generator in your home from the Generator Supercenter. They are the nation's number one Generac generator dealer. Give yourself peace of mind by calling right now for a free estimate. Here's the number to call. 801-882-9222. 801-882-9222. Or visit online at Generator Supercenter of Salt Lake City. Dot com. Generator Supercenter of PowerTrip.live. Enter for your chance to win now. iHeartRadio.com slash PowerTrip. Welcome back. Third hour of the Rod Arkentia with you on this Thank Rod is Friday in Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. You know, we talked the last segment about climate change and what we can do to save the environment. You know, one of the big questions about this transition to renewable energy or sustainable energy, like solar and wind, it's all about storage. The electricity, the power they generate, where can we store it and store it in an efficient and effective manner? Well, there's one idea 
about using mountain reservoirs. I know that sounds kind of odd, and that's why I wanted to bring on Steve Handy, a former Utah lawmaker, Utah director of the Western Way, who can talk about this. Steve, I read this story today, and I thought, what an odd story this is. Steve, can you explain, first of all, what pump storage hydropower is? Well, what it is, uh, and, and Rocky Mountain Power has several projects underway uh, uh, to their credit, Rod. But what it is, and I actually saw this when I went on an energy tour to Belgium a couple years ago. So there's a reservoir up in, uh, up, uh, up in the mountains, and then the water runs, runs down, is, you know, like, like just using gravity, it comes down and then drives turbines that, that creates, you know, uh, electricity. Mm-hmm. And then they take the water. It's not doesn't flow down into the Great Salt Lake. <laughs> it, uh, they take the water and then they pump it back up into the reservoir so that, it's, that, it, so that it recycles itself. It's an amazing, amazing uh, technology. Does it cost a lot, Steve, to pump it back up into the reservoir? You know, I don't. I don't really know about that. I do know that Rocky Mountain Power is uh, embracing this in a big, wide way. And just like the, uh, my little op-ed said, it's because of uh, you know we've got a lot of mountains around some gravity. I know they're doing one up by Bear Lake that uh, that's pretty pretty interesting. That I was pretty excited to hear about a few years ago from Rocky are, Mountain Power. Are there already projects similar to this here in the U.S. or is it still in the very early stages, Steve? No, there are some around. I couldn't. I couldn't pinpoint Rod exactly where they're where where they are, but there are some around, and it's a known technology. It's a technology that's been known for a long time, and and of course with the, with the advent of with the advent of renewables and the way that they're exploding and the cost of renewables is 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 dropping through the floor. Uh, we've waited for years and years and years to to have uh, utility scale storage with batteries but it's it's not there yet and so and so someday it will be but it's not there yet so so utilities are are embracing this pump hydro storage we um steve i'm trying to think about you know how this works it sounds like a fascinating idea uh would this be used as a transition until we get to that large battery storage that we're you know people are hoping for down the road would this be kind of a transitory thing I think the answer is I think that it's a mixed it's a mixed answer, Rod. It's yes and no. It kind of depends on the economics of the thing. But I know that as I as I said earlier on the Rocky Mountain, I mean the, the, the story talks about sixty seven projects, uh, you know, in various stages of planning, and in the United States, and of course a lot in the West because we have the geography that will accomplish that. And I know the Rocky Mountain uh, Power has a number a number of them going as well. Mm-hmm. Water, you, you as you well know, Steve, you've lived out less west all your life. Yeah. When you talk about water, you can generate some fighting words. <laughs> I mean, does this impact the water resources at all that farmers would use or the public would use for their water? Well, again, uh, again, I mean, you know, water shares. You know, yeah, what, what, what's that old thing? You know, whiskey's for drinking, water's for fighting. <laughs> but. Uh, but uh, you know, water shares are extremely valuable, and yes, we've had an amazing uh, winter. But we are in the midst of a twenty-year drought, and you know, people think that'll certainly going to continue after this banner year. But uh, water has to be used judiciously, and the fact that it can be recycled in these pumped hydro uh, projects is really a boon and a use amazing use of the technology. Are you hearing a lot of interest in this, Steve, here in the state? Yes, I am, and as I as I have said, you know, and and, and of course, the reason that uh, me is uh, working with uh, the the Western Way, who looks at uh, you know market based ways uh, to to uh, address um, you know 
conservation challenges, we we know that uh, you just got to you know do better with removing the regulations from the feds, and that the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, you know, is kind of a kind of a stopgap. Mm-hmm. They need mm-hmm. to, they need to they need to relax that and get these projects going a lot quicker because so much energy is is generated that's wasted. And so if we can if we can store the energy in multiple ways and pumped hydro storage is a great way to go, then uh, you know, we can we can move more towards yeah. that energy self sufficiency and, and keep our costs low and reliable like they need to be. How about the cost of this? Does anyone put a figure on what something like this would cost? Is it too still too early, Steve? Any idea? No, I don't I don't I don't know. It's 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 a project by project basis and I'm sorry I can't answer that, Ron. Mm-hmm. If if people wanted to go to Rocky Mountain Power's uh, website and they could look at their integrated resource plan, they talk about uh, these pumps uh, storage uh, projects and you can google it up and get kind of an idea too about what's what's going on out there. There's an association called the National Hydropower Association and uh, people could look that up and I'll I'll do that after I'll call them. Yeah. You said, Steve, I think you went to Belgium and actually saw one of these working. Uh, what were your impressions? Yes. Well, it was it was amazing. We went way down into the I, these were legislators from around the country, and we went down into the bowels of the of the see the, the where the turbines, the water comes down and drives the turbines that creates the that creates the electricity. And uh, it was really amazing technology, and it didn't take a lot of people to run this place. You know, I mean, obviously massive construction, but it was kind of, you know, in Belgium, I mean, Europe's different than, than the Western United States, and so they, you know, I mean, protect their land pretty judiciously. But this was in an isolated area, and uh, it, was, uh, it was really pretty neat to see that get down into the basement of that, the bowels of that, I should say, and see the turbines run. On our Newsmaker line, or any hour Newsmaker line, Steve Handy, former Utah lawmaker, talking about using mountain reservoirs to uh, help store energy generated by wind and solar. All right, more coming up on the router. To 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. Paid for by Birch Gold Group. Put me on a highway, the interstate, a dirt road to any place, long as I'm Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Welcome back. Final half hour of the Rod Arquette Show with you on this Thank Rod is Friday. Time for our Listen Back Friday segments. We do this every week at this time where we look back over the issues that we've talked about, the newsmakers who we've had on the show, and play a few of those back just in case you missed them. Now, one of the uh, more interesting people we talked to this week was Christopher Roach. Christopher is an adjunct fellow at the Center for American Greatness. He wrote an article in American Greatness this week about when we are the minority. A lot of people, of course, he pointed this out in his article, have been talking about the recent shocking Wall Street Journal NORC poll that showed since 1998 a number of values that have defined America ever since its founding. They aren't as much of a priority for a lot of people anymore. Very disturbing. I asked Christopher as we began our conversation earlier this week for his reaction to that poll. You know, the the problem is, you know, I guess conservatives, you know, we have a bad rep uh, for being uh, perhaps sometimes negative, but we have to look at reality the way it is. And it, it's no longer true. And it, it probably was true at one point. It was true in the Nixon era. It was true in the Reagan era. 
that there was the silent majority out mm-hmm. there oh, yeah. that was being underrepresented uh, in national politics and in the media. It's not so clear from this poll if that's true. And, and the thing about this poll, you know, some of the commentators said, well, how do you know it's true? You know, the media is always lying and things like that. But nothing about this poll um, should be that shocking to most people. I mean, just every day watching television, talking to younger people, perusing social media, these different trend lines, uh, the decline in patriotism, the decline in religious observance. Um, if you go to church, you know, at least where I go to church, there's a lot of white white hair in the, in the audience uh-huh, there. Yeah. And uh, that was even more true to a church my parents were going to. So, you know, the world's changing, and we have to at least recognize reality uh, if we're going to engage in politics and do something effective politically. I want to talk about recognizing reality in a minute, uh, Christopher, but how do we change? I mean, 25 years is a, you know, some people say, well, that's a lot of time. In fact, it's a pretty short period of time. How did it change so rapidly if you believe the results of this survey? So I'm with you. I think it's pretty rapid. I mean, it's uh, essentially stretches, um, you know, my adult life so far. And, you know, how it happened, I think there were things that were kind of carrying on through inertia um, from prior to, say, the big cultural revolution of the 60s. The other thing is that, you know, society's changes, the people change. And every year, older people die and younger people become adults. And the schools, the media, social media, they're all definitely taken over and run by people that are hostile to our view of things. So every year, it's like they have a little factory churning out uh, new left-wing uh, foot soldiers for their movement. And every every year, older folks uh, pass away from normal yeah. you know, aging. So people that were born in the... 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, they're, they're, the 20s and 30s are already gone. You know, my, uh, both grandfathers fought World War II. They're, they've both passed on. And, you know, obviously when you go, when we're in the midst of a revolutionary set of social changes, the older folks, uh, are going to be the kind of the keepers of the tablets, the people that still hold on to some of the old ways and the old values. And as, as they begin to disappear, um, there's just fewer people of that point of view. You know, I, I think there's some other things going on too. There's a lot of social pressure um, to abandon traditional yeah, faith. Yeah, there's yeah. social pressure and economic pressure that keeps people from getting married and keeps people from having children. You know, the student debt, uh, I guess I'm a little bit of an outlier on this, but, you know, student loan debt um, is one of the factors that's creating major headwinds for people forming families. So I'm, I'm more open to doing something about that than a lot of other conservatives, because I think if we don't start sort of pushing and channeling people into having families and having children and having a stake in the future, I think all of this is yeah. going to get worse. Now we're in, we're in trouble. You mentioned a few moments ago, and I remember, well, Nixon and the silent majority out there. If there is now a silent minority in this country, and I think that that may exist now, what? How do we let our voices be heard? I mean, how do we change things that will benefit the country being a silent minority if it if it exists out there today? Well, I think one of the things that I, in general in life, I think one way to figure out what to do is by figuring first what not to do. And I think one area that 
we should put less energy into, and I think 2020 proved it, is national politics. I think if it isn't this time, very soon, that's just not going to be an option. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we've seen, in, like I live in Florida, uh, with Governor DeSantis uh, and, and other conservative governors. I know Governor Nome in South Dakota and some of the other conservative governors in this country were able to do a lot of good during COVID, you know, using the power yeah. of the state, yeah. uh, including using the power of the state to rein in more liberal urban areas in the state. So I think there are places where, where we can throw our weight around. But, you know, since we live in, uh, you know, an elective politics system, it has to be a place where you can form a majority. So you might be able to do that in a city or a town. You might be able to do that in a county. You might even be able to do that in a whole state. But it doesn't look pretty, you know, likely to me. Yeah that will be possible nationally. I mean, if you start, if you look at the 2020 election map and you think, okay, which states need to flip, you know, in order for a Republican to win, it's quite a few. And the odds of them all going our way, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's totally impossible, but it's, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on it. As part of our Listen Back Friday segment, our conversation earlier this week with Christopher Roach, adjunct fellow at the Center for American Greatness. More come up to $26,000 per employee. Download the Innovation Refunds app or go to GetRefunds.com. GetRefunds.com. Final segment of our Listen Back Friday presentation right here on the Rod Kent Show and Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Well, I think a lot of people in America, those who are Republicans or conservatives, feel that the Democratic Party is now making war on Republicans, conservatives, and America. All the rules have been tossed out, so how do we fight back? Listen back to our conversation we had earlier this week with John Hinderocker from Powerline about fighting back against the tide that is doing everything it can to make war with Republicans. Well, we've seen over the, in recent years the Democrats uh, violating every norm, trashing every tradition. You could go back, you probably could, could, go, could go, go back further, but you certainly could go back to the 2016 uh, election campaign when they when they pulled off the Russia collusion hoax and enlisted the FBI and the CIA to support the Democratic Party in the presidential election, uh, the, the two impeachments of President Trump. It goes on and on. The January 6th committee that the Republicans were not allowed to uh, appoint any any uh, members of, uh, and now it's culminated in this frivolous criminal prosecution of Donald Trump by Alvin Bragg in in New York. And we can talk as much or little about the legal details of this as you want. Suffice it to say that I and every legal expert I know of considers it to be a joke from from a legal perspective. And so what are we going to do? You know, I mean, historically, the conservatives are the nice guys. The conservatives are the ones who keep trying to uphold uh, the, the traditional norms. You know, you can't, it's hard to have a democracy if you don't have a certain amount of good faith on the part of, um, of all the participants, and we simply have not had that from the Democrats in, in recent years. And so I don't think that, that conservatives can, can continue always taking the high road and and just ignoring these assaults that are that are coming from from the left and i don't think there's anything that's going to stop the democrats that's really going to push them back from this 
course of action other than a dose of their own medicine. John, I don't think they've ever played fair, but now they really don't play fair. What changed? I don't know. You know, it's a good question. <laughs> I, you know, they 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 perceive that they are on what they call the right side of history. You know, they're they're you know they're like Marxists in that respect, and and they really think the end justifies the means, and and anything they have to do to achieve their goals is okay, and we see that time after time after time. John, I want to go back to 2016. You mentioned it a moment ago. I remember when the whole story about the Russian hoax and all of that garbage came out. I think it was either Byron York or Jonathan Turley, one of those two gentlemen, said this is without a doubt the biggest political scandal in the history of this country that got no coverage whatsoever, and no one bothered to really look into it. I mean, that was a pretty amazing thing. Well, I don't think there's any question that it's the biggest political scandal in American history, and it's all kind of fizzled out. It's all kind of fizzled out. I mean, we had the, um, you know, there are various reports that have been made, and and uh, Durham, of course, is still out there somewhere doing something. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure what. We've got we've got a good idea of what happened. I mean, it's absolutely shocking. The FBI, after they knew that Christopher Steele had nothing, that his so-called dossier was just fabricated. Nevertheless, they said to him, and, and, and they've testified to this under oath, nevertheless, they told Christopher Steele, hey, listen, if you could come up with some dirt on Donald Trump, we'll pay you a million bucks. You know, and the level of corruption is absolutely unbelievable. And I think that, that the Republicans need to do what the, what the Democrats have been doing, at least with respect to criminal prosecution. You know, I'm sure most of the district attorneys in the country are Republicans simply because by far the majority of counties in the United States are Republican. I believe most mm-hmm. of the yeah. most of the state attorneys general are are Republicans. And I think it's time to um, you know, start investigating Democrats, and we could talk about some specific things that they could look into as well. Well, when are we going to go after Hunter Biden, first and foremost? I mean, that's the one staring everybody in the face, but so far, very little has been done about this guy. Well, really, nothing has been done. And of course, when you talk about Hunter, it's really the Biden crime yeah, family. Yeah. As I've said many times, nobody has ever bribed Hunter Biden. You know, Hunter <laughs> Biden is an unemployable crack addict. I mean, nobody's going to bribe him. No, no one's going to. No one's going to pay him a million dollars a year to be on their board of directors of a of a foreign company whose language he doesn't even speak because he's Hunter. You know, the the the, the only reason why anybody funnels this money into the Biden crime family is because of Joe. Yeah. How about how about these politicians? You bring this out in your article as well. These these politicians who go to Washington, they aren't all millionaires, but they leave Washington and they've got three or four houses and they've got a lot of money. When is someone going to take a look into all of that, John? Well, that's one of the things I recommend. And, you know, my guess is there's a lot of scuttlebutt around D.C. about how they do it. But these Democrat senators, by golly, it's very difficult to find one that retired poor. You know, somehow. And what happens? Well, maybe they take bribes. I think more often it's a kind of implicit bribe yeah, where yeah. they get cut in on, on sweetheart business deals, land transactions, and so on. That, that provide them with easy money. But absolutely, these, these things should be investigated. We know that Nancy Pelosi's net worth skyrocketed during the time when she was the Speaker of the House. Why? Where did that come from? 
you know, there are there are any number of, of district attorneys who could be looking into these things. Final question for you, John. Um, what will you need to see? Uh, something being done where you say, okay, someone's starting to take the gloves off and we're ready to get into this fight. What did, what, what would you look for? Indictments. Indictments. You know, the, 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 the documents uh, on Hunter Biden's laptop show that in the months and years leading up to the fall of 2020, which is when he turned the laptop into that repair guy, mm-hmm. he was spending much of his time reaching out to communicating with drug dealers and pimps from coast to coast. That was basically how he spent his time and his money. Now, all of this is illegal. And there are many counties. If you, if you just go back and look at, at the email traffic and the, the pictures and videos and so on of that laptop, there are numerous jurisdictions within which he committed these crimes. And that would be a very easy starting point. You've got to look at the statute of limitations. You know, you've got you to get mm-hmm, the right venue mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and figure out the right charges. But, but, but that's what I'd like to see is indictment. As part of our Listen Back Friday segment, our conversation earlier this week with John Hinderocker with Powerline. All right, that does it for us tonight. As we say each and every night, head up, shoulders back. May God bless you and your family in this great country of ours. Enjoy the Easter weekend. Get out and enjoy the better weather and time with your family. Have a good, safe Easter weekend. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new edition of the Rod Arquette Have a good weekend. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.